You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So today we're going to finish off the second chapter of Maser Sheni. And we closed yesterday on the sixth Mishnah, which was about a seller of Maser Sheni, which was mixed up with a seller of Chulin, coins mixed up. And one of the things we learned from this Mishnah was that there seems to be an incredible reluctance to change silver for silver. When we needed to change uh, a, a one silver coin of Chulin for an, a, another silver coin of Maser Sheni, which had got mixed up, we went via copper in order not to make a direct silver to silver change. And there seems to be some reluctance to change silver. And I wanted to bring you a verse which the Rambam brings in the code, which is in Devarim. It's in fourteen. It's in chapter fourteen. Um, it's in where we in Re'e, where we learned um, we, we we learned this uh, ten days ago. We've been looking at these pesukim, but the pesukim close by saying, "Vinatata bakaseth." You, if you the if the, the second tithe is too much for you to carry to Jerusalem, you turn it into money. And the word used for money in the text is kesef, which is silver. And the text goes on to say, kesef You bind up the money, that is the silver, in your hand. You're supposed to take the silver to Jerusalem. And the Rambam says there in the Mishneh, the Rambam says in the Mishneh Torah when he talks about the halachot of Maser Sheni, he says, "Ein podim perot Maser ela bechesef." You can only redeem your tithes for silver. And then he quotes the verse, "Wrap up the silver." There's something very special about silver. I'm going to come back to this idea that there is something special about silver as we go through. The final, the final Mishnayot of this chapter. However, we're going to begin with gold. Beit Shammai says, well, when I say we're going to begin with gold, we will focus on the question of whether you can get rid of your silver. Because Beit Shammai say, Loi Adam etzla'av zahav. You can't turn your sellers, and these are silver sellers, into gold dinars. Although Beit Hillel permits it. And by the way, Rabbi Akiva brings a proof text. He says, for Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua, I used to turn silver into gold dinars. Rabbi Akiva, remember, is the generation after Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua. Well, he's half a generation after. So clear, this looks like the kind of thing that students used to do for their, their Rabbanim. You know, if, they need, if, if the Rabbanim needed something silver turned into gold, the students would go off and do it for them. The and and the let's have let's have a look at the quantities. Look, a, a, a gold dinar is eight grams of gold, and it seems to be worth about six silver sellers. A seller is seventeen grams of silver. So, if you had to transport six sellers of gold to Jerusalem, you're carrying about a hundred grams versus eight grams of gold. It's a 12 to 1 weight ratio. Maybe the idea of converting the uh, maybe the idea of converting the sellers into gold is to reduce the transport cost. And having said that, 
you know, some of the commentators suggest that uh, the reluctance is due to, well, maybe someone wouldn't have enough time, would delay going to Jerusalem because they didn't have time to convert their silver into gold. Um, or, or maybe the, the reason is, as the Rambam says, that there's some peculiar, there's some issue about silver and Maser Sheni, which is very important. And we'll see this coming through the following Mishnayot, because the Mishnah goes on to say, someone who changes copper coins, Aporet Selami Maser Sheni, someone who changes copper coins for a seller, but Shammai say you changed copper coins for the whole seller. And generally, Beit Shammai are strict. So they seem to be saying, look, we want to go to Jerusalem with a whole silver coin. Beit Hillel are a bit more relaxed. They say a shekel of silver and a shekel's worth of copper coins. Maybe you will need the copper coins on your way. Or maybe you will need them when you get to Jerusalem to buy food. And Rabbi, Rabbi Meir comes again with this reluctance to exchange silver for silver, he says, you know, what about the situation where you might have uh, maybe um, a, um, a shekel's worth of silver and a shekel's worth of produce? Can you exchange the coin and the produce for a silver seller? And Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir says you can't do that. He again, seems to be very reluctant to exchange silver for silver, even though the rabbis allow it. And looking back on this chart, by the way, so I, I may I put the chart on the slides for you. You can see that a seller is about 17 grams of silver and it's about it's worth about two shekels. And a dina, this is a silver dina, is about just over four grams of silver and a river each. We're going to learn about a river each in a minute is a river each is a quarter of a shekel. So like a quarter dollar, they just call it a quarter is two grams of silver. So we'll come back to these, we'll come back to these quantities as we go through the Mishnah. Let's try and keep going for a sec. So what about exchanging a seller in Jerusalem? Haporet seller shel maser sheni birushalim. So it's already got to Jerusalem. And again, Beit Shammai say, kol haseller ma'ot. You can change copper coins for the whole seller. And Beit Hillel is saying again that the, um, you know, you might need those copper coins. You're in Jerusalem. You may need those copper coins in order to buy food because you're in Jerusalem. Now you have to spend that money in Jerusalem. What are you going to do if the seller doesn't, if the seller can't make change or the seller doesn't want to sell you enough food for a whole seller? And there are three, there are some uh, students who are discussing before the sages. They have an idea. Maybe you should split. Maybe you should split this sum uh, uh, three to one. Silver for three dinars and copper coins for one dinar. Let's just go back to the table. So you've got, uh, you have a whole seller's worth, 17 grams worth of silver, a whole, you've got enough money for 17 grams of silver, rather than changing it for, um, you, you maybe you change it for, for three dinas, in other words, uh, just about 13 grams of silver and f just, you know, four grams of silver worth of copper coins. 
And um, Rabbi Akiva says silver for three dinars and copper coins. And he's talking about here's the river eat. Here's the river eat, which is two grams of silver, which is a quarter dollar. And Shammai, now, Shammai comes now, now comes in. And we saw Shammai, by the way, yesterday afternoon. Sometimes Shammai the sage comes in as distinct from Beit Shammai. And they're not the same. Yeah. Shammai the, the elder is not the same as Beit Shammai. And Shammai has, and we, remember, Shammai ruled strictly yesterday afternoon in the case of the Vetches. And here he rules strictly again. He says, Take the whole, take the whole cellar, put it behind the counter in the shop, and just keep uh, effectively put it on account, put it on account, and keep kind of drawing down on your account as long as you need to eat. So Shammai is strict. The Mishnah is then going to close, or this chapter of the Mishnah is then going to close on the question of Tuma and Tara. And you remember, we said at the beginning of yesterday's session that because we are in Jerusalem with Maser Sheni, we need to eat that in a state of Tahara, in a state of purity. And that, you know, that's difficult and accidents can happen. So what if you're there with your family and some of the family become impure? I mean, you still have to feed your family. But how are, you going to how are you going to divide up the food? And you can't feed Maser Sheni. You, you have to use your money to buy Maser Sheni, but you can't feed your Maser Sheni to those who are not pure. Let's have a look at the Mishnah. Some of his children were pure and some were impure. He puts the seller down. Just like uh, Shammai saying, you put it down in the shop. You put the seller down and you say, Whatever the pure drink, this seller will be redeemed for it. So you verbally change the seller for whatever those who are pure drink. And then you've got the jug and you, you fill the cups of the whole family. And the Mishnah closes, Nimsu Torim Utmeim Shotim Mikad Echad. And those who are pure, those who are impure, drink actually from the same jug. And the Bartanura has a beautiful, beautiful quote, which I couldn't resist bringing you just at the end of the source sheet. Essentially, he's saying, look, the what um what the those who are pure drank was second tithe. And what the impure drank was non-second tithe. And they're all coming out of the same jug. But somehow they, somehow magically, because of the way this redeeming has happened, they don't combine with each other. And the wine um, that is not, uh, the non-sacred and the sacred don't combine with each other. But when they drink it, I mean, obviously, physically, they do combine it. But when they drink it, the wine that they drink will retroactively, the wine that the pure ones drink will retroactively become second tithe. So, 
The Bard Norris says, look, there's an extraordinary, he's almost like he's saying there's a legal fiction going on here, which satisfies everybody. And maybe what, what we're learning is, you know, the, the, the rabbis are conscious of the problems, the practical problems that the Jewish people had in going up to Jerusalem with their second tithes, maybe three times a year. And the rabbis are really bending over backwards in order to solve those problems for the Jewish people. It's a beautiful way to close the second chapter. And, you know, we might express the hope that today's rabbis would uh, um, put themselves out to the same extent. That's all for the second chapter of Master Sheni. And I look forward to starting the third chapter at the next episode. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.